are you sick of content about AI that just talks about how big of a game changer it is without giving you practical tips on what to do about this, well, game-changing technology? We were too. That's why we hosted Chris Matthew, Chief Services Officer at Newbreed, an elite HubSpot solutions partner, on our Agency Life webinar series to discuss four specific ways they're testing and leveraging AI within their agency and how to avoid some of the most common pitfalls with AI adoption. We also broke down data from our recent State of Agency Operations report that illuminated the divide in the agency community over the use of AI. Plus, Chris answered live questions from the community about the various AI use cases that he shared with the audience. The conversation was so good and timely as you think about your plans with AI in 2024 that we just had to bring it to you, our loyal podcast listener. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Chris. Hot topic today, AI, and we're specifically talking AI for agencies. Is it a growth tool? Is it a threat? Is there potential for both? So we're going to get into that. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Give folks a little bit of context on yourself and Newbreed uh, as we talk about AI for agencies, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks, Logan. Happy to be here and uh, dig in on this really uh interesting, exciting topic. So like like Logan said, I'm Chris Matthew. I'm the Chief Services Officer at Newbreed. And what that means is I oversee our services team and, and ultimately what goes out the door. Um, so just a little bit about Newbreed for anyone unfamiliar. We're an elite HubSpot solutions partner. Um, fun fact, we're the only three-time North America partner of the year. So we're really proud of that. And sort of in a nutshell, what we do is we help organizations optimize their technology and their CRM strategy and and couple that with traditional demand generation services to really accelerate growth. growth. Um, outside of that, I'm a father of two young girls. I'm an avid rock and roll drummer, and we're starting to get uh, towards snowboarding season again. So I'm excited for that. Nice. Uh, well, Chris, we've got a lot in common between being uh, a dad of two kids. Um, I snowboarded in high school, but not so much lately. You would think I'd be the snowboarder on the call being uh, out in Colorado uh, in my neck of the woods. Um, I love to hear that. I did not know that about you, my friend. Well, let's let's jump in. So we've got introductions. So you have some context, as Chris shared. He's overseeing everything that's going out the door for New Breed. They are a highly accomplished uh, HubSpot solution partner. So we're going to be touching on two pieces of uh, research that have recently been done. If you joined us last month, or you've been seeing the the emails and the content from us at Teamwork.com, you know that we just completed our state of agency operations report, where we surveyed surveyed over 500 agencies globally to look at the state of their operations. And a big topic of discussion there was how agency leaders are feeling about AI. So we're going to touch on that a little bit as we did last month, but obviously go much deeper on this topic because there were a lot of questions, a lot of chat, a lot of follow-up. So we wanted to go deeper here uh, for you in the audience. So let us know what questions you have again in that Q&A as we go. Uh, another piece of research that the New Breed team recently uh, kicked off and released is their state of HubSpot reports. So we're going to talk about AI and CRM effectiveness and how that plays in, especially uh, if you are in that category of a RevOps agency. 
opportunities for AI as a growth lever. And then really the heart of this, we want to get into some specific use cases, both improving operational efficiency internally for your agency and executing on client work. I think oftentimes, whether it's LinkedIn or webinars or whatnot, there's only one side of this that's really talked about. And uh, we want to, again, go deeper there. And then we'll wrap it up with what really are the opportunities and threats as you uh, walk out of this today and go back to your team within the agency. Um, and then we'll leave some time for Q&A. All right. Without further ado, let's get into it. Um, if you've seen our state of agency operations report uh, from teamwork.com, you know that agency leaders are really split over um, AI. 50% really believe it's the future. It's a great way to innovate and streamline work. Um, and then the other half, not so much. However, about 30% are still trying to figure out, um, are they going to be adopting AI heavily? So split, but not split. So Chris, I'm super interested to hear um, where you guys are sitting on this debate at Newbreed as you guys look at internal use cases and external use cases. Um, overall, how are you guys thinking about AI? Yeah. So as you can see, it's like a fairly divisive topic. Um, like you said, it seems more, more people are embracing it than not, um, but there's still a lot of uncertainty um you know we are in that 50 percent camp there that we think it is going to be a big part of the future um it's interesting to me too that uh, people really seem to feel like they need to pick a side now even though we're all still learning about exactly what it means for us all um so it'll be it'll be cool to see how some of these thoughts and opinions shift um and they'll probably start to shift pretty quickly as this stuff is really uh, taking shape. Yeah. And a big area that you guys have been looking at uh, in terms of CRM effectiveness and the relation to AI, here's a quick screenshot from, again, that research report we mentioned a few minutes ago, the state of HubSpot report from Newbreed. Walk us through what you guys are seeing here and how it's impacting your thinking, Chris. Absolutely. So we're really excited this year at the Inbound Conference to launch the uh, first ever state of HubSpot report. And it's something that we're going to plan on continuing. Um, so how we came upon this data is we surveyed over a thousand uh, revenue leaders. And of that group, 95% of them identified some level of gap in either their CRM or CMS operation, which is which is pretty huge. Um, and a lot of these types of companies are the ones that come to Newbury to to have us help maximize the value that they're getting out of their marketing and sales uh, tech stack. Um, so what's interesting on this on this slide, or one of the interesting pieces is that um, of those respondents, um, 42%, the biggest chunk, say that they're planning to strengthen their tech stack with, with AI. Um, so we're really supporting these organizations and how to choose the right technology and apply that technology um, to their processes to really create efficiency, uh, make better decisions, and then ultimately you know, increase revenue for their business. Um, so to go back to your question a minute ago, I think Newbreed, we're all in with respect to believe believing that it's going to be a huge part of our future. We kind of think that there's not even really an option not to embrace it, especially in the space that we're in, really like heavily focused on technology companies and also leveraging technology to support them. So we don't think we even really have an option where we sit. Uh, but we're we're really far more excited than fearful about what this means at this this time. So you know we yeah. think that successful implementation still requires a lot of human effort and perspective. Um, we also know that AI is not going to be applicable for all the services and tech solutions that we provide. 
So we really want to be intentional, intentional about where it fits and where it doesn't. I think you see a little bit of uh, using AI for the sake of it being AI and um, you know, a lot of investors and boards demanding that there's proof that AI is being leveraged. Um, and sometimes it gets in the way of making sure we have a well-defined goal first yeah. and see how AI can support versus the other way around. So I yeah. think like like most people out there, we want to increase the efficiency in the partnerships. Um, and that ultimately will enhance our ability to hit their their target arc outcomes. And what's really cool about this from a kind of a customer perspective is um, with these tools, we can increase the value we provide without necessarily increasing the amount of hours they need to invest with us. So that's that's something we're really excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we'll get into that opportunity to uh, either add more value or increase your margins or both. Yeah, I think there's kind of two ways to look at that in adding efficiencies with AI. Before we get there, though, Chris, uh, I just wanted to call out Juliana or Juliana, forgive me, uh, I'll, I'll go both ways. Um, in answer to your chat, we linked the state of agency operations report there in the chat. Um, I'll see if one of our other panelists can drop in. Uh, the link to the state of HubSpot report as well. It will be linked in the deck after uh, in the email as well. Um, For now, Chris, I wanted to also um, double down on something you mentioned there, and that's the client perception and maybe even demands around AI, right? You're working with a client and they're like, the board is just asking, how are we using AI tomorrow? Uh, Not necessarily asking, um, should we use it? Where should we use it? But just saying we we can't be falling behind, right? Um, and so there is that that perception around what clients are thinking about when it comes to AI. And on this note, in your state of HubSpot report, there were some interesting things to call out there. At, at the heart of agency work is client work, client expectations. So talk to us a little bit about what you guys uh, have been seeing there. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think that's interesting. I was actually looking at an RFP for a website yesterday, and one of the requirements was just this uh, this uh, bullet saying something around uh, usage of advanced AI functionality. I'm like, well, that's pretty big. Um, so we'll have to determine what that is. We're starting <laughs> yeah. to see these even in, in RFPs. So I think, um, you know, a small minority of the companies that we work with right now are fearful of AI, but most of them are really curious about how it can help their business. And some um, actually want to be ensured that we will leverage it uh, on mm-hmm. some level, partner with them. So really, there's a lot of curiosity and desire to use it versus the in- inverse. Again, we work with a lot of technology and software companies, which I think are more likely to embrace these sorts of things. Um, but really, they're looking for guidance guidance on how to um, apply it in the areas that we support them. Um, and again, we support with revenue operations. We do integrations work, uh, demand gen, and then web design and development. So pretty broad spectrum, but all of these pieces uh, can leverage AI. Um, and then also, you know, our, can we can we consult and recommend how they might use AI internally on areas of their business that we might not even touch, but we've used uh, maybe internally at Newbreed and, and can point them towards some agencies. So... If you look at the slide right now, so we said, you know, 90, I think it was 43% of people uh, planned on investing in AI um, mm-hmm. at some point in 2024. Of the respondents that expect 100% growth in the next 12 months, 95 of those plan to invest in CRM, uh, uh, AI in their CRM. 
specifically, you know, they're looking to figure out ways to enable proactive customer connections. So how can we automate some more of those touch points and then also uh, have the ability to offer um, just better insights and customer segmentation data so that we can, um, you know, get, get more throughput in that sales process. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the the talk, especially for anyone on who's a RevOps or marketing agency in the audience has been all on the the content side. It seems like that's been the the hot topic. But again, as we were talking earlier, uh, I think that the conversation sometimes is a little bit more narrow. We were talking earlier about expanding it to client work and internal operations. Same thing goes here where, you know, content syndication, um, creation, repurposing isn't the only use case and shouldn't be the only one that you're talking to your clients about. We're going to get into some of these uh, more specifically, but it's a good call out here early, Chris. And I like what Shauna Knuckles at uh, Advocation, uh, they... Uh, they consult with a lot of agencies on their operational efficiencies. And I think she's quoted in our state of agency operations report saying, you know, regardless of where you stand on AI and what your maturity is, you need to be clear on what your stance is and where you're at in that maturity and adoption. So you can speak confidently to that with your clients. Cause even if it's not necessarily what they're thinking, if you have a succinct, uh, answer that everyone's kind of beating the same drum, that will instill some confidence in your uh, in your clients. Even if you say, hey, we're exploring it here, we haven't really touched that use case, but we're willing to look into it. And we've experimented over here. We can take that experiment, t- the, the methodology we use to experiment here and apply it there. That's going to give your clients some uh, a little bit more confidence in your adoption of AI. Would you say that? Yeah, definitely. I think leaving it gray doesn't really help uh, internally or externally. I think you need to be crisp on uh, how you are or aren't going to use it. I think that's really important. And of course, this is a new area of expertise for us, like it is for the rest of the world. Um, we're really fortunate to have uh, some partnerships with uh, Jasper, and we actually have some clients in the AI space. So we've had some acceleration to our learning curve. Um, yeah. And I think we'll continually, like we have a lot of the uh, the guidelines and SLAs fair use around AI, and that's going to continue to evolve. I think probably every quarter we're going to reevaluate the nuances of our stance on AI and just to make sure as you know the stuff takes off internally and externally it's really crisp on what what to expect yeah just cuz you put it on paper doesn't mean it's set in stone but that also doesn't mean you shouldn't put it on paper right uh i love it well uh for everyone watching listening if you're in another app and you're you're listening to us right now um we're going to go ahead and launch this poll this is first time i'm using the poll functionality since we switched over to zoom webinars so um awesome we've already got a dozen respondents thank you everybody who's contributing so we'll leave that open for a bit and we'll see how that kind of compares to the data that we saw more broadly in the teamwork.com uh, state of agency operations report. Um, but I know you are all itching and probably the main reason you signed up for this is, Hey, I want to hear how other agencies are using AI categorically. What are some of the tools that you can, uh, point us to, um, and new breed is really leading the pack here because as Chris said, they've, they've been all in already and, uh, finding both internal and external uses for AI, uh, within their agency. So with Without further ado, let's jump into some of these. So first, um, we're looking at uh, executing 
on uh, client work. And I think this is uh, an area a lot of folks are interested in. So Chris, I'll, I'll kick it over to you. We can kind of take these in turn a little bit and have you speak to the area, uh, some of the tools and some of the specific applications. And then I just want to remind everybody, uh, you've got the poll, but you've also got the Q&A if you want to drop a question um, and uh, you know prompt Chris to go a little bit deeper on something once we get to the Q&A towards the end, please use that Q&A function there in Zoom. So Chris, I'll stop blabbering and kick it over to you. Let's talk about content development first and have you walk through some of these use cases, man. Sounds good. Yeah, really happy to. Let's get into the good stuff here. Um, like, like Logan said, this is probably the main things that y'all want to learn about. So let's jump in. So I think I'll start with the obvious one, content development. Um, I think this is probably the most commonplace uh, usage I'm seeing agencies leverage it. Uh, tools like Jasper and ChatGPT are already uh, wildly popular. So both our, our content um, and marketing teams, when I say content, that actually develops content for our customers versus our internal team, are really using AI to uh, increase efficiency and scale. So I'll give the example of our internal team. So we're conducting uh, many webinars this year, and we spend a lot of time uh, interviewing our services team, interviewing our customers, industry experts. Um, and through this, we create a really comprehensive and detailed messaging brief. Then we take that brief um, and we leverage that uh, for our AI prompts to create initial drafts. Um, so one of the biggest things that we've learned, and I think anyone that's you know dabbling in this stuff has probably already learned that the quality of your prompt really matters. The, in, the input really, really gratefully influences the quality of the output. That said, even with really good input, nothing leaves the door, uh, be this for client work or internal content, um, until there's been that human touch. Uh, that's the chance to really enhance the storytelling. And when you combine the storytelling and the edge that a human can, can provide, that's what cuts through the noise uh, and that's what really kind of reaches the prospects and, and our customers. So we think um, that's really a lost opportunity if you're not injecting kind of that human edge into what's created. Mm -hmm. Aside from just checking for accuracy and that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. content development is an obvious one, but it's something that we use quite a bit. Yeah. And knowing that, you know, for instance, chat GPT uh, is trained on, on data, you know, up to a certain point, it's not up to the minute. It's not even, you know, up to the year with a lot of these AI tools. So what I hear you saying there, Chris, is um, with content development specifically, the way you guys are looking at it is starting from the the human research and analysis, um, creating that that outline. You know where you want to go with the the topic of your content, whether that's for yourselves or for your client, based on your research in the space, and then providing that outline with prompts to an AI tool to then create a rough draft of some other pieces of content and then the human layer back in to edit, refine, fact check, those sorts of things. Is that kind of the flow that I'm hearing you talk about? Absolutely. You got the the human experts at the beginning of the mm -hmm. process to make sure, you know, what it is we're trying to convey and what what that content is is solid. And again, at the end of the process, those human experts come back in and 
AI is that accelerator in the middle that just allows us to to do more. Absolutely, um, awesome. So I, I think we'll we'll talk about some of the risks in in all of these. I already see one question coming in. Uh, thank you, Eve, for that one. Let's talk a little bit more for now, Chris, about revenue operations. We talked about you know clients wanting to leverage AI for the effectiveness in their tech stack, and you you guys saw a lot of interest in them um, wanting to leverage AI for effectiveness in their CRM specifically. So obviously that, that relates to RevOps applications here. Uh, what's maybe some of the low hanging fruit or the things that you guys are testing and, and trying in this area, separate from the content development use case. Absolutely. So revenue operations is huge for new breed. It's something that we were really early adopters of the concept of it and have been providing services around uh, RevOps for, I want to say six or seven years now. So we, we sort of pioneered it. Um, really exciting to um, come November, we have a, a couple new hires starting. That's going to be the biggest team on services. So went from being one of the smaller ones years ago to now being mm -hmm. this really popular source of, of of demand for us, which is cool. So again, beyond supporting the content development and research, which is pretty commonplace, we're really excited for the applications when it comes to revenue operations. It it just it lends itself to this naturally. So. I'll give an example. Um, we've set up workflows in HubSpot. If you know about uh, Ops Hub in, in HubSpot, you can create what's called custom coded actions. So that actually allows us to integrate uh, AI externally outside of HubSpot into the process. So a little more detail uh, on one of the one of the things we did for a client a couple months ago. Um, so we'd enroll a contact into a workflow, and then again using Ops Hub, uh, send a request to a secure AI endpoint. Uh, that request would send uh, various data about that contact to the AI. The AI would then provide a score with what, however, you know, the algorithm was was set up. The endpoint would then send that score back to HubSpot, and the workflow would copy that score into the contact uh, property. And then finally, we can use that score as an intent score to tell the sales department, here are the contacts that really you should prioritize following up with first based on that score. Um, so, you know, stuff that maybe would have taken a long time for a human to analyze and to find a score, uh, a quality score that we can do in seconds now with, with AI and parse mm -hmm. like pretty, pretty large contact lists to do this. Yeah. Um, there's one question that came up here, Chris, as, as you were talking, and I want to see if we can maybe answer this one live rather than holding for the Q and a, cause it's something I know you and, uh, Kelly on your team have talked with me about, um, how transparent are you with clients about your use of AI tools? Um, and how do you manage that? Especially as we're talking about, um, CRM data, those sorts of things here. And I know you guys um, have done some thinking around this. So I figured we'd uh, just squeeze this one in live if you're cool with that. Absolutely cool with that. So if there's anything that I want people to take away from all of this, it's really two things. One, always involve a human expert to ensure that the quality and accuracy is there. And two, be super transparent with your clients. Um, we have it in our contracts that by default, um, we're, we're going to leverage AI. Um, so if that's a, a sticking point before they're even a customer, we want to talk through that. And then as we actually roll into, you know, individual deliverables and projects, just being in lockstep with them about exactly how it's being used. If we're going to actually submit any of their, their data, what is that data? Is there risk? I think I get into this a little bit on, on later slides. Um, mm -hmm. but 
I don't know that everyone's aware, but everything aside from, and I know I keep using chat GPT as an example, just I think it's, it's well known mm-hmm. outside of that enterprise version of chat GPT, everything that you submit into those prompts is actually stored and used for future training. So that's a data government mm-hmm. governance thing that we'd absolutely want to make sure that we're covering uh, with our yeah. clients. So transparency is, is, is the policy here. And that's really how we felt in general, but I think especially as this is a new um, kind of revolution that some people are less comfortable with, um, not only being clear with how we are or aren't going to use AI, um, but also um, some guidance on maybe their, you know, maybe the idea comes from the client and it's our job to push back to if it doesn't make sense or if there is some sort of uh, privacy risk. Uh, great stuff. Well, Chris, uh, talk to us about the next one here, web development, web strategy. This is another area. Uh, again, we don't want to just focus on the the content syndication and development. I think that's talked about a ton. There are lots of specific use cases, especially for agencies that, you know, are maybe you find yourself like New Breed, where your portfolio and your mix of services is really changing. Um, and oftentimes what we recommend is, you know, you really want to know what where is there the most opportunity? What service lines uh, are have the most demand, and which ones are the ones that you could uh, you could expand and and grow more profitably? So as we continue the conversation, we will look at more and more service lines within the business and opportunities for AI to either deliver more for the same or deliver more while while you know doing less that sort of thing. So talk to us about this third one, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. So. Passionate about this one. Prior to my current <laughs> role, I was, our, I was our director of web services for about a decade. I've been at New Breed for a long time. So nice. uh, front-end development and, and web design was actually where I started my career. Um, so that's an, I, that's an eternity in agency life, man. I, I know. I, that. That's I, awesome. Yeah, we can talk more offline, but I, I, I'm like kind of like the, the cockroach of the agency world. You, you can <laughs> kill me. Here I am. Um, Can't kill me. Evolving with the times, having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a really interesting ride. It's been cool to see how much new breed has changed from sort of a traditional marketing and branding company to now mm-hmm. as much a technology consultant and implementation, uh, firm as anything else. But For yeah, sure. as far as, as far as web, uh, we leverage things like, uh, GitHub copilot, which can be a big time saver versus, you know, writing code from scratch or even, like what we've always done as developers is taking code from from previous projects or maybe from Stack Overflow and then and then modifying it. In some cases, many cases, uh, Copilot can spit out some stuff that's pretty darn close uh, right off the bat. So just a, an obvious but key time saver when you're actually developing code. Um, and then on the strategy side of the fence, using AI to help uh, inform keyword strategy and information architecture. Um, and an interesting thing is some people don't realize that they've actually been using AI for years for their clients. So uh, if you're using SEM Rush, which is the leading kind of search tool um, to do keyword research, you are already using AI. It's been built in there for, for a couple of years now. Uh, I love it. There, I, I think I saw um, a tool I use in content creation a lot is called Descript. Uh, started with audio editing. Um, and now has moved into video editing. And I saw an update from them and they're like, hey, you know, here's what's coming for f- with our integration of new AI tools into the platform. But 
you know, let's just be clear. We've been, AI has been part of the platform in this way for, for mm-hmm. this long. And I thought mm-hmm. for them, that was really interesting. Um, it was transparent. Um, and it mirrors kind of what you, you were talking about, Chris, and what you guys are doing at Newbreed and what you're recommending to other agencies is uh, that transparency and also that clarity on where, where you stand with, hey, we've already been using this. Hey, did you know this? Here's where we're going next. And so I just wanted to uh, shout them out as well. On another tool, uh, if people are, I'm sure there are some folks who are just every time we mention a tool, jotting this down and creating uh, this list of things to to check out, add them as well. Um, so let's talk about image generation. This one's also been uh, very interesting, and I think for those agencies who are serving B2B clients, where you know maybe images and and graphics are have kind of been kind of boring and kind of B2B, there might be some opportunity here. So talk to me about what you guys are playing around with uh, on this front, Chris. Yeah, for sure. Again, that was that was a common kind of uh, bottleneck, especially doing um, uh, big, big website projects. We do this great mm-hmm. website. It's got good content, the UI and everything's polished, but then there's not a lot to actually go into it. And we don't want to disuse tons of stock photos but the customer doesn't always have budgets it's it's really time consuming to create mm-hmm. custom graphical assets in the traditional way uh, so i do think this is a, a place that we can see not just for b2b but especially within b2b where the budgets might be lighter for such things that we can still create really compelling experiences because i think that's something i've seen change in my career as well where historically you know b2b marketing collateral needed to be accurate it needed to be clean and scannable but that was kind of it. It was almost a negative if it had too much personality and brand where we've seen that change. And there's some, yeah. a lot of really cool uh, B2B products that have amazing branding that feel as good as anything in the consumer world. So we've used tools like Midjourney is kind of the, the big one. Uh, one of the big ones as far as in image uh, generation to create uh, graphical assets to be used in campaigns and websites um, with success and I will say my my friend uh, Zane at New Breed's been with me for a long time too. Was showing me some of his experiments he was doing with the uh, new generative AI features in the latest versions of Photoshop, and man, they're they're pretty mind blowing. And still, you know, as as much as I've been around computers and technology most of my life, I still scratch my head as to how all this stuff uh, really works as well as it does. So, it makes me think back to my early years on the design side of of web taking hours to manipulate uh bitmaps uh, for for a customer <laughs> that now can be done in minutes with ai so yeah. what's cool about that getting back to the value proposition and maybe a budget would have allowed for us to create five cool custom graphical assets for a website now we can create 20 in that same budget and, and increase our value and also just have a stronger brand out there uh for the world for our customer i love that I love that. So we talked a little bit, just kind of rounding out this section, uh, Chris, you guys are uh, using tools on the content development side, ChatGPT, Jasper uh, were a couple that you mentioned there, kind of sandwiching the bots in between the people, um, revenue operations, looking at you know the custom code actions um, and 
within HubSpot workflows, taking stuff kind of within HubSpot, pinging it out and then back in, especially if you're a HubSpot solution partner listening to this, I think that's super applicable. Um, GitHub's Copilot, I think was the tool you mentioned in the third section there, um, and then MidJourney on the last one. Um, any of these use cases, any tools we didn't touch on or um, things you want to call out here before we keep moving? I think off the top of my head, um, I think I touched like Chris froze for a second on us. Chris, if you can hear me, your video and audio froze. It's all right. Not to worry. I'm sure we'll get him. We'll get him back. No snowstorms yet in the Northeast that I know of, at least not today. Um, all right. As Chris, as we're waiting on Chris's audio and video uh, to come back, give me a thumbs up in the chat. If you guys can still see and hear me, uh, at least uh, looks like uh, Chris's audio and video is frozen for everybody, but we'll work on getting him uh, back in here in a second. Let me know. Uh, can you guys, okay. Juliana or Juliana, <laughs> uh, again, I'm gonna go with both there, Mark. Thank you. Okay. Uh, looks like Chris just disconnected. So he's going to reconnect. I was actually going to pause here so we can roll with it. Uh, you know, last month my mouse died in the middle of, uh, this live stream and now we've got guest audio and video, uh, frozen. So it happens sometimes I'm going to hit share results on our poll which I thought was really interesting um, that the breakdown here was very similar to what we saw in that slide earlier from the state of agency operations report from us at teamwork.com. Um, what's your take on AI? 55% of you today said AI is the future. 40% said AI is a mixed bag. And then 3% AI is a passing trend and equally 3% AI is a threat. And so I think that was really interesting. If if you look at that, that's about 95% seeing there is uh, either major opportunity or mixed opportunity with AI, which really lines up with that 80% or so that we saw um, of the 50% and 38 some odd percent uh, from the state of agency operations report. So uh, that uh, is really interesting and somewhat confirming there on uh, how... Uh, everyone here is looking at AI similarly to kind of the broader community of agencies globally that we surveyed in that report. And with just like we timed it, Chris is back on. Uh, Chris, can you hear me, man? Can you see I me? I can. Always always the worst nightmare of doing a webinar of having <laughs> Wi-Fi uh, cut out in our, our modern state-of-the-art office, but you know. Technology. Hey, we're talking technology. Um, there are opportunities. There are also risks, right? Uh, just as we're talking about. Well, uh, hopefully I did my best to smooth it over for everybody uh, because we actually had a chance to uh, recap the poll results on cool. uh, what's your take on AI. So uh, that actually lined up really well with what we found in the in the report. Um, Kelly, thanks for chiming in and for your support on Chris as well. Kelly Malloy on the New Breed team uh, is just a rock star. Shout out to her. Um, Chris, thanks for bearing with us and coming back, my friend. So no, I think it's actually uh, a good transition. We could go to the operational efficiency applications of AI from here, unless there was something else that uh, that you were going to add that uh, you didn't get to there. Um, does that sound good from here? I think that was it. I don't know if my last couple words came out, but you asked for any more tools we use that have AI built in right. and, and Rollworks ABM software was one more. Okay. Awesome. Adding to the growing list. If you're taking notes and you're creating that list for yourself, 
um, as an attendee today. So let's talk about improving operational efficiency. Obviously, operational efficiency is near and dear to our heart here uh, at teamwork.com. So talk talk us through a few of these use cases where you guys are testing, trying, thinking, experimenting, all of those things, Chris, starting with content syndication. Sure. So we talked about content development, which is related. Again, the, yeah. the method there being that we're going to have really good inputs and a lot of human-generated content to start. Content syndication, uh, for example, so like with the state of HubSpot report, our marketing team did all the work to create the report, digest mm-hmm. the data, draft the report. And then once that human-generated asset was created, we can use that high-quality content as part of the prompt to syndicate into smaller chunks for various channels. So you know, we have different um, different word counts and character counts that we'd use uh, for for LinkedIn versus yeah. Twitter versus other so- social, I guess X now, other social platforms, or what's the right size for an email. And there's statistics that all these different uh, kind of mediums have different amounts of content, uh, web copy, maybe even call scripts. So actually having AI here, take this big piece, now give me kind of the essence of this in a hundred words or whatever it might be is, is just a, a big uh, efficiency boost in, in syndicating that content. Again, you'd go through what it generated. You wouldn't just run with that truncated version, uh, but a big, it does a really good job at kind of capturing the the main points in most cases. So that's one um, to get, kind of get that, that one big piece of content out into a lot of different mediums that require different uh, amounts of content. That's, that's when we use it for a lot. Yeah, and very similar. Starting with the the human understanding of the of the topics of the industry, those sorts of things, and then um, feeding into AI, and then back to the human. I just can't get this picture of a you know human robot sandwich out of my out of my mind uh, <laughs> yet again. But uh, I think it's something to call out there for everybody listening uh, that was really important is um, getting very granular with your prompts. You know, you mentioned it earlier, Chris, that the the quality of the prompt and the input, not just the input, but the but the prompt really matter. I've seen some folks that I know that are um, really honed in on podcast production um, and looking at, hey, if I'm going to take this and generate a podcast title or headline, uh, what is typically the character count that Apple Podcasts um, cuts off before uh, you know you can typically see that on mobile? Save those, create those as kind of your standard MO for the different things that character counts on LinkedIn, the the uh, character count that you want in a podcast title or a webinar title, those sorts of things, and different for each social platform that you're maybe creating content for. And also don't forget to include in those prompts, the the tone, the style, those sorts of things, uh, because that can make a huge difference in saying, hey, but be a little chill about this, right? Because I've seen a lot of AI generated content that's like, you know, the super cheesy stuff that we're just like, okay, either an intern wrote that who doesn't really understand the industry or AI wrote that. um, But either way, it's it's a little bit too much hype, that that sort of thing. So two things I'll, I'll call out there. Um, moving on to the next one. So talk to us about some sales enablement use cases uh, here, Chris. Yeah, so we're really fortunate to have uh, an integrations team, both stack developers in-house too. Um, and that allows us to build some of our own AI tooling uh, leveraging. There's a lot of cool publicly available uh, AI APIs now. Um, so one of the things that we've done is we've built a tool for our 
growth advisors, that's our sales team, uh, to do rapid research and reporting on, on target accounts. So for example, it can pull uh, from our CRM, which seems probably fairly obvious, but they can also pull from public APIs, uh, LinkedIn, maybe Crunchbase and others, and it can create this nice little snapshot of a context uh, company's current positioning, who are their target personas, and it save time, saves time. So going into that very first call, you know, it's always the dream of, of getting the call scheduled. We can jump right in and create more value. So that first call historically has been more about more for a new breed. Um, how can we learn about this account? Um, so they're sort of doing us a favor on that first call. So if we can come in already knowing a lot about their situation, their pain points. We can uh, get into you know potential solutions sooner. Um, it also just frees up more hours in the week for them to put more calls in. So, you know, ultimately that's going to create more revenue. Um, it's also worth noting that we're really excited to build some of our own tooling and we found success with that. But uh, a lot of this is going to be built into the HubSpot uh, CRM and likely others over time. And HubSpot is calling this is like one of the big things of inbound. They're calling this a smart CRM. So how can it kind of integrate more of this this data into something that's helpful? for your sales team i went man i th- I thought i was gonna make it the full hour without messing up on the on the deck but uh they're right towards the <laughs> as we round out the conversation in the last three quarters you're doing great Logan. hey at least your <laughs> wi-fi didn't drop hey uh i love it conversation's been great regardless of any hiccups so talk to us about this last one uh an abm chris and then we're going to get to some of these things that in general as you think about these different use cases what do you need to keep in mind from a do and don't or opportunity and threat uh, framework, and then we'll get to some live questions in the last 10 minutes here. So ABM use case, Chris, back over to you, my friend. Yeah, and I'll be quick on this because we kind of already touched on it and we gonna, oh, I really want to make sure we have plenty of time for the opportunities and threats. But the same sort of logic I just described for sales enablement um, applies to ABM as well. So yeah. AI can enrich the data and do deeper levels of research um, quickly to help define what, what companies are looking uh, for help faster than traditional methods might. Um, so again, Roleworks is the tool that we're using and it has has some of that built in. Um, but yeah, then, and you know, ABM sort of blurs the line between marketing and sales. So I think that's kind of a continuation of my, uh, my middle pillar there. Absolutely. We had a private or uh, an anonymous question on the image generation tool that was mid journey um, for anyone who was wondering about that tool as well. Um, all right. As we round out the, this part of the conversation, Chris um, walk us through, uh, you know, at a high level, as you think about these and threats, like as it relates to transparency with clients, um, it, those sorts of things, uh, starting with the bot rather than starting with the human um, walk us through some of these that you guys are kind of consistently keeping in mind as you approach approach these existing use cases and look at future ones for AI at Newbreed. Yeah, absolutely. So as much as Newbreed is embracing AI, there's certainly threats that we want to uh, look out for and, and not brush under uh, the rug. So this is an interesting one. Um, from the perspective of Newbreed, like most agencies, we build on an hourly model. Not for everything, um, but I think the majority of our revenue is still coming from an hourly model uh, setup. So whether or not we've leveraged AI, we're going to receive the same amount of money for an hour build to a client. Um, but if you bubble this, so it's, so you could say, okay, so there's no real advantage for an agency leveraging this, but there is. Because if you bubble this up, it really means that you can do more with less. So give an example of maybe you have an, a 60 hour a month retainer with a client. 
once you start really leveraging AI to its fullest, maybe you can deliver what historically might have taken 90 plus hours a month in that 60 hour budget. So that means that you're becoming more valuable. That means uh, your your time per hour on that account is more valuable. So that's going to help with customer satisfaction and retention. Um, it's going to also just help uh, with efficiency. So they're going to reach their target outcomes. And in time, this turns to better lifetime value. We all know how much work goes into winning a new customer and keeping them. So maybe this doesn't help you, um, you know, with your hourly rate on on that account uh, off the bat. But if that makes them stick with you longer, lifetime value is really something that we're focused on at New Breed. Um, so you know, can can require you to hunt fewer new accounts and just keep your keep your good ones longer by by creating more. Now, you know, of course, I think this is obvious, but it can help create efficiency with with project-based engagements as well. Yeah, I like the way you put that because it's not necessarily, hey, we could deliver the same with less. We could actually deliver more at the same. And people are like maybe thinking, hey, Chris, there's a missed opportunity to get more margin on that account. But to your point, if the lifetime value uh, of that account, they stick around longer because they're seeing more value. Uh, when you look at the cost of that churn and the cost of adding that new client, your overall margins will be going up even with that approach. So uh, that's really good good call out there, Chris. Um, what else do you want to point out here in the opportunities and threats as we keep going? I think too, a big one besides efficiency is where most people's heads go, but it actually allows us to do new things too. Like I give that example of using AI with the workflow to score a lead. Um, it allows us to do more data-based decision-making. I think we've all, you know, as, as revenue leaders and marketers talked about data-based uh decisions for over a decade but it's one of those things that's easier said than done you know as you gather more and more data the challenge becomes actually analyzing it and then using it to make sound strategic decisions so one of the things ai can do is it can rapidly analyze ton of data way more than a human ever could and it can start to find patterns faster than a human can a uh, really cool example happening is completely outside of the agency world but within medicine um, so body image scans, CT scans. Mm -hmm. So we have over the years, a huge, uh, library, thousands, probably millions of Saint scans from previous patients. And we have the known outcome of what ultimately was, you know, the issue with that person. So AI can ingest that it can know what these thousands or millions of scans look like and what the, what the outcome was. So now we're already seeing, um, it in some cases, in many cases, uh, more accurate than than the human. Um, so that's kind of like a you know AI AI is helper thing there. Um, and that can that general idea can be applied to the agency world too, where if mm -hmm. we have better and you know more analyzation and, and pattern detection from AI, it's easier to take the guesswork out of strategic decisions. Uh, in the past, we would have liked to have more time to analyze and and reflect, but we would have just had to make a gut decision. And sometimes those gut decisions are wrong. So it should cut down on the level of, of gut yeah. decisions that we need to make as, as agencies. The other thing, especially for agencies, is how many of you listening to this have faced a, a client question, whether they're newly onboarding or you're doing a QBR with them, and they, they're they questioning your gut decision, your, your gut-based strategy. Well, how much confidence do you have in this plan being able to say, well, 
part of this was was influenced by this data that was analyzed by AI, and this is what this is what we saw because we were able to crunch a lot more data. And that's not the only thing we're basing our decision on, but uh, we all know that when we can put some specific stats and specific data in front of clients, it bolsters uh, that position of expertise in front of the client. So I think that's maybe something that not a lot of agencies are talking and thinking about. So I'm glad you touched on that one, Chris. What are a few of the threats, a few of the the pitfalls? I think we've touched on them a little bit here and there, uh, but some of the ones that you want to make sure that, that people avoid, whether they're going full bore all in, or they're kind of approaching slowly, 95% of the folks here are approaching AI in some form or fashion. So what are some of the pitfalls we want to make sure uh, that we recommend they look out for, Chris? Yeah, happy to get into that. I just got to give you one more kind of my my, my okay. macro opportunity first, though. So we, everyone Sorry. talks about it. Now we're talking about data. I had a, I had a former uh, boss who used to say, without data, you're just an opinion, which I love. That's clearly stayed with me. But at the end of the day, what I'm really psyched on is it actually makes humans more valuable. It doesn't replace them. It makes them more valuable. So if you think about AI, it's designed to show you really quickly what is and what is commonly seen. So humans can actually take this and make it stronger. You know, people will pay for really good storytelling with for data analysis and systems integrations. And when used correctly, AI can make our superpowers as humans that much stronger. So I actually, it doesn't make us less valuable. It can make us more valuable. So I just wanted to say that one piece before I moved on to threats. Um, but Love as far it. as as far as threats, I think the the big one, the elephant in the room for a lot of people is fear that's going to take over your job. And you know, in some cases, people are going to push back on using it. Maybe that's not going to tell you why they're pushing back, but pushing back on using it uh, for that fear when in reality, you're probably more likely to lose your job in the future if you're not adopting it into your day-to-day. Of course, depends on your role. Um, I think it's going to force some roles to evolve, which of course can be uncomfortable. Change and growth is uncomfortable, but I'm hopeful that that actually creates space for us to do more interesting things and really push the envelope. So how many times on a project do you wish you had more time to do deep research or testing or different creative executions, um, but manual repetitive tasks took up too much of the time and you weren't able to. So I'm hoping it takes away some of the tedious stuff and just makes room for more of the stuff that we've always wanted to do anyways. Um, I think another threat is this blind blind trust. Um, well, it's not going to yeah. help with adoption. So again, if you're just going to use generated content and just put that out to a live campaign could have inaccurate copy or content or could just sometimes like you said it's clear that this is written by ai that's a bad look for the organization and it's probably going to put limitations on anyone wanting to use it like that again in the future i think another one is the assumption that ai is easy to use that's actually going to hold back its growth that sounds kind of uh counterintuitive Mm -hmm. but I, i believe that so um, we're seeing how particular people, we have some at the company that are really into prompting and got really into this. The ones that are versed in prompting and understand how a tool works are going to be a lot more successful. And I'm even seeing uh, jobs for prompt engineers starting to pop up, which is which is pretty fascinating. That could be a job. Um, so in some cases, too, I think if you're not educated on how to use AI properly, it actually could take you longer than following your typical process. Um, <laughs> And, yeah. and I say educated, but at this stage, it's not like a lot of like, you know, yeah, written materials. It's it's more jumping yeah. in and in. So. 
that was going to be my question for you as we transition to the Q&A. So uh, great natural segue there, Chris, is uh, where have you guys gone to educate yourself? And it sounds like a lot of it has been uh, using the tools, then discussing those, and then documenting what's worked and, and what hasn't. Is that fair to say? Yeah, so we're really big on dog fooding. We always try to, it's cool because what, what our customers need is oftentimes what we need internally. So we will experiment and try things on our internal brand where the risk is lower. Not not that it's nothing, but it's lower um, and get a sense for how it works, what does and doesn't work internally before we turn that into something that's you know productized for, for client yep. use. Yeah, I think that's a really smart approach. Awesome. Uh, getting to a few of your questions, um, two of these here I'll combine and they touch on what Chris was just saying, but see if there's anything else you want to add. Uh, Chris, uh, anonymous attendee said, um, are agency, should agencies be concerned that technology companies will leverage AI to reduce agency work and tasks, allowing, for instance, if they serve marketers to generate their own content um, with and without involving the agency and then monitoring Monica uh, asked something similar. How do you sell your use of AI as opposed to your clients doing it uh, themselves? And I, I think I know where you're going to go with this and reiterating what you mentioned a second ago is educating yourselves on how to use it. For instance, the prompts and what prompts um, work well with what sort of tools like that becomes your own internal IP of, Hey, we know how to use these tools. You could get an F 16, but if you don't know how to fly it, uh, it doesn't really matter. You can get a Lamborghini, but if you can't drive it, well, it's not going to do, do anybody any good. And so would you say kind of doing that and then refining your talk track around that would be the best way to approach these two concerns for Monica and another one of our guests? Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. So I'm not going to lie. I think this some of these tools could increase, you know, the ability for customers to insource some of the production. I think that will happen to a degree. So that's just going to force us to evolve to find different ways to add value. Maybe more of the hours is going to train them how to use the tools uh, or different things. And it reminds me of, again, a lot of my examples go back to web early in my career. A lot of part of recurring revenue for websites was once we built the website, now they're paying us month over month to maintain it and update the content because way back when CMSs were really clunky or they didn't even exist and you need to just pay your agency to keep your site up to date. Over time, those tools got really good. The, the customer could do it themselves. They didn't need to pay us to do it. So we evolved to add services like conversion rate optimization, which is something that they couldn't do. So I think this is going to force some evolution as to what an agency is doing. I'm not going to say it's all good and this won't generate in any amount of insourcing on the client's end. But with that, what are these new things we can create to to add new value? I'm sorry, I forgot the second question. Um really uh how do you um how do you sell your use of AI rather than saying, hey, here's AI. And I think you touched on it there is that um, you can actually build services around, don't just think about how are we going to use AI and then deliver the the client work because then uh, the the customer either rightly or wrongly could think I can just replace this work uh, with my own use of AI, show them the work that's going into your mastery of that AI. And so that could lead them to say, I don't really want to do that. Or it could lead them to show me how to do that. And that becomes a new service uh, opportunity, very much in line with what you were saying there with kind of the old days of CMS and CRM and those sorts of things. Yeah, for sure. So um, really, our, our core services aren't 
it's way different than the, what they were a couple of years ago. The core mm-hmm. services and the the goals behind them are unchanged. So we're not thinking we're going to sell you AI. We're thinking we're going to sell you uh, HubSpot implementation or a demand generation package or a sales ready website. The stuff that we've been selling for years, but how can we make that more valuable and supercharge it with AI? So really the, the, we didn't invent new SKUs around AI. It's really just trying to incorporate that into to making a better product. That said, we did, uh, as of inbound, launch uh, AI workshops. So those are really deep dives where we're going to learn about more about your business processes and what you're doing. And we can say, okay, this sounds like a repetitive thing. We know of this tool that can do this, that, or the other thing. So there is starting to be uh, you know, a product around cons- consultation with, with AI. Um, but the vast majority of, of how we're using it right now is just integrating it into our existing uh, products. Yeah, makes sense. Um, last a question we want to touch on here and then give everybody some resources um, as as we hop. Chris, there were a, a few different questions, uh, one by Annabella and a few other anonymous attendees um, that were basically asking the the question around plagiarism, copyright, um, and looking at, you know, where, how do you know that, um, you can use the, the content and how do you accurately attribute it? I want to give a shout out to, I believe it's, uh, Liza. I hope I'm getting your, your first name, right. I won't take a shot on your last name. I'll probably butcher it. So, um, uh, but she provided some really good, uh, feedback in the Q and a where, um, training your team, to use chat GPT or another platform with prompts like, please provide sources for the previous answer. Please provide URL sources. Um, similar feedback you would give as to what Liza shared with fellow attendees today, Chris. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a really good one to start with because it doesn't by default tell you where it's getting this information. So that's, yeah. that's huge. I think also, and it's funny too, there are tools uh, independent of this that could do uh, checks. I would, I would definitely encourage you using that. There's also tools that can detect whether or not a piece of content was written by AI or not. However, we found those to not be super accurate. We've had human generated <laughs> said was AI and vice versa. Uh, but as far as plagiarism, that's an easier one just to find if those exact, you know, strings of text have been used elsewhere. So yeah, that'd be my advice. First, tell the prompt that you want sources. And then after the the content's generated. We always, always review and edit the content anyway, so it should never be exactly one-to-one, but still mm-hmm. would recommend running running that through a plagiarism plagiarism check after the fact as well. Yeah. Any specific tools um, that you recommend on that front? You know what? I, I don't have that tip of my tongue, but I can uh, I can follow up with our content team and see which one they're using. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that leads us into, you know, following up, connecting um, additional content. So no worries there, Chris. Uh, Everybody, thank you so much for sticking around. Had really great attendance today uh, through to the end for some great Q&A. An email will go out after this. You'll get a copy of the recording as well as both of these reports, the state of agency operations from teamwork.com and the state of HubSpot from Newbreed. Want to call out a couple of things that you might be interested in as well. If you're enjoying these live streams every month, 
month, uh, not live, but uh, every single week uh, I'm interviewing agency leaders and those consulting with a lot of agencies on Agency Life, uh, our podcast. So go to teamwork.com slash agency life if you're not subscribed there. And over here on the right, uh, I'll explain the the reason for the little picture, uh, including Reese Witherspoon. So our friends here over at New Breed, uh, Chris, Kelly, and the rest of the team, they are putting on a webinar in December, Revolutionize Your Revenue Operations. And our director of sales ops, Ray Keating, that you see uh, mentioned there, uh, pictured there in the lower right, um, we got a kick out of him being featured right next to Reese Weatherspoon in the inbound app. So Reese won't be speaking at New Breed's webinar in December, but Ray will. And we think you'll get even more value out of it. So we just wanted to give Ray a, a shout out. He'll be uh, presenting along with several other panelists and members uh, of the New Breed team. So if you enjoyed this one, first introduction to New Breed as a great agency leader to, to learn from, um, check that out. There'll be a link to that in the follow-up email um, if you registered for this event as well. So with that, thank you, everybody. Thank you for um, contributing to the poll. Uh, you'll get links to both reports. And when I encourage you, if you're not yet connected with me and Chris, uh, look us up on LinkedIn, Logan Lyles, uh, pretty easy to find. And Chris, Matthew, Chris, you want to spell your last name for every Everybody, uh, it's got the French spelling, but the uh, Americanized English uh, version there, right? Yeah, the funky Matthew, M-A-T-H-I-E-U. Awesome. Everybody, uh, check out those reports, uh, that additional content, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, send us a connection request, a DM, let us know what you liked, or what we could do better with uh, this content as we continue to serve this agency community. So thank you so much, everybody, for being here today. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next month. Have a good one.